Welcome to The Sipping Point, where each week we explore the recipe for a delicious life. I'm your host, Lori Forster, the wine coach, and I've made it my mission in life to demystify wine and beer one glass at a time. So expect a fresh and fun approach to the world of wine, spirits, food, and so much more. This week on The Sipping Point, we're celebrating St. Patrick's Day, which is tomorrow, and we're going to taste two great brews from Samuel Adams and talk to one of their brewmasters, Jennifer Glanville. And she's going to be calling in from Boston to give us some great ideas for the holiday. Then Cassandra Van Hooser from Talbot Tourism will share the amazing deals to be found at the 2013 Restaurant Week, including a great Gatsby ball. So we begin every show as we do with the sips of the week. And to help me out this week, I have Jennifer Glanville, who is the brewery manager at Samuel Adams Brewery. And she has been in brewing, it seems like, all her life, right? Arriving at Sam Adams in 2001 and really working in all different facets of the brewery. She has a passion for beer and was educated in Munich, which I think is sort of the center of the universe for beer, and has many thanks to the luck of the beer gods for allowing her to do what she loves. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And there's so much more about your background that uh, that I can talk about, and I thought we'd just jump in and let you do that. So tell me a little bit about, I you know, try to encapsulate what you do, but what do you do on a daily basis at Sam Adams? Well, obviously we think, talk, and drink beer around here. Um, I don't know if you've ever visited the Boston Brewery, but it's really our kitchen. It's the center of our creativity and innovation. So every day can be a little bit different, but really, and and the best part about my job and what I love the most is that we're really looking at ingredients and beer styles and making new beers that we can bring to the drinkers. As you're uh, well aware and and everybody listening is, you know, craft beer has been growing and there's just so many um, exciting styles of beer that we can put our own twist on. So a lot of that is what we focus on here we also have a museum and visitor center, so it's really exciting to see folks coming in and out of here, um, you know, throughout the day. And then we work on some other things here with um, ingredient selection on, you know, I travel to Germany with Jim for hop selection. You know, all of our ingredients are hand-selected, so that's another part. And when I describe it like that, it seems like a pretty simple job, but it's definitely action-packed and exciting every day here. Oh, that's great. And it seems like uh, you have a lot of many facets of the business and you bring them all together. We do. That's what I I love about it. We have the ability here to be creative and to, you know, I I love food and food and beer pairings. And it's, it's exciting to be able to have that part of your sort of hobby become part of your career as well. So it's, it's really been exciting for me. I've been here for 12 years and I actually can't even remember what I've done at any other point in my life because this has been the best the best thing I've done. <laughs> Love that. And craft beer, you know, it seems like it's all the rage right now, but you guys were really on the forefront of that, correct? Yeah, for years. I mean, we're 29 years ago, Jim, you know, first brewed Boston Lager in his kitchen. And at the time, you know, it was such a full flavored and people were beer and people were really surprised that they could have a beer that was balanced yet complex and had a lot of flavor. And it was a domestic beer. And that was really exciting. And as you've watched people evolve and the drinker evolve, you know, I think in general, people are interested about flavors and they're interested about where, what they're eating and drinking is coming from. And so that's been exciting that we've been involved in that and and the evolution of that over the, over the years. And so for me as a brewer to be making these, 
you know, fun beers and interesting ingredients. Um, you know, we think about what the drinkers are looking for and, you know, they want something that is rich and balanced and complex. And it's exciting to have, to be able to deliver beers to people that, that they're excited about and, and the rich flavors that we can come up with. Well, in my glass, one of my glasses here, I have the Boston Lager from Samuel Adams, which I hear is your favorite, and you believe it is the perfect beer for food. So tell me a little bit about why you feel that way. I am. I'm going to open mine yeah. right now. I'm, Yay! I'm <laughs> Cheers! A, I'm a little behind you. Well, you know, we, we're training for tomorrow, St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> in training. Right. That's, a big, that's a big holiday here in Boston as well. Um, so Boston Lager, to me, it, one, it's my favorite beer for many reasons. You know, one is I, I just love that um, the complexity of flavor and the balance between the malt flavors and the hop flavors. So, you know, I, I like a variety of beers and beer styles, but Boston Lager to me brings, you know, these ingredients together in such a way that it's very drinkable and yet it has a lot of flavor. And, you know, you have the sweet kind of caramel and toffee notes from the from the malt, and yet you still get the real distinct hop character from our Halitown Middle Fruit Noble hops. If you actually can lift your glass up and, and smell it, mm-hmm. I mean, at first you're going to get some of those sweet notes, and then you're going to really showcase some of those more orange and eucalyptus notes from the hops. Mm-hmm. And and the finish, too, you really get, you know, in wine, we talk about the length of the finish. This has a really long finish, meaning you're tasting it, it for for quite some time. It does. It will linger on the back of your tongue a little bit. And it's, you know, it has a decent amount of um, hop character. So it's going to give you that, but it's not, it's not an IPA. So it's not going to really be that biting, uh, piney, super resinous flavor. It has an, a little bit of a lingering effect, but that's one reason why I love it with food so much. Um, because beer is, you know, I, I enjoy wine and spirits as well, all in the name of fermentation science and research, of course. But- <laughs> Yay! <laughs> but, you know, for beer, it's it's scientifically more complex. It has more compounds in it, so um, more flavor compounds. So it's actually pretty easy to pair beer with food. Um, and Boston Lager, because it has that combination between the sweet and the malt and roasted notes and also the spicy kind of piney and citrus notes, it really makes it a beer to pair with anything. Um, and I've done Great. beer with chocolate, Boston Lager with chocolate, which was surprising. Um, I've done it with some really sharp cheeses and then also some mild cheeses um, and some nuttier cheeses. And then, you know, my favorite, of course, is um, is beef and cooking a, a nice steak with Boston lager because the caramelization of the meat when you're grilling it, it really brings out a lot of those sweet roasted notes of the beer. And because beef and, and steak can be a little bit richer, the, the nice hop and the, what you were talking about, that lingering uh, bitterness, it actually cleanses your palate and readies it for the next bite. Perfect. And... How about the next sip? We actually have next to your Boston Lager the seasonal Alpine Spring, and spring is in sight, thank goodness. (laughs) So we can start thinking about spring ales. Tell me how this differs from the basic Boston Lager. So this beer is is really a Keller beer. So it's it's unfiltered, and it's actually all about the Tetanang hops that we use. We go to Tetanang also with Jim and, and hand select the hops. These hops have a little bit less of that piney resinous note that you get with the Hallertal Middle Fruit, and it has a, a lot more brighter citrus notes to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thinking about seasonals and the reason why seasonal beers, you know, were, were brewed was based on the ingredient availability and the flavors that you might expect around that time of year. So this beer, different than the, the complexity and balance of the Boston Lager, this beer has a very nice citrus character to it. So if you take, uh, you know, smell it and then have a sip of it, mm-hmm. it has a nice 
honey character. We use a honey malt in it. We use our two mm-hmm. rows. So it's not quite as caramel or toffee or sweet like that. Right. It has a little more doughy kind of cereal note. And then you're going to get that brighter citrus note. And to me, it's just perfect. Um, you know, we're, we're changing in the weather here. The clocks have changed. Uh, I still see a lot of snow outside, but... <laughs> But, but it's warm out today. So when I, in St. Patrick's Day, you know, tomorrow, I just, it, it's a great beer for that springtime and that transition between the weather. Yes, this seems perfect for tomorrow. And I do like that, you know, it seems brighter and lighter and makes you think seafood, which is one of the pairings that you, um, that you have that can, can be really nice with the Alpine Spring. Yeah, obviously in New England, we have a lot of seafood here. I love <laughs> yes. seafood. And, um, I, you know, I grew up in summers on Cape Cod, so I've, big family uh, of seafood eaters. So um, one thing I love to do with this is either with shrimp or scallops to marinate it in that in the Alpine Spring. Mm. And then, you know, you can still pair it with that or you can use um, another beer. Sometimes if I grill the scallops, I'll marinate it in the Alpine Spring, but I'll serve it with Boston lager ah. um, just to match up some of those some of those more crisp and more sort of, I guess, you know, grilled kind of flavors that would that need a little bit of a bigger beer to stand up to. Well, great. Well, Jennifer Glanville, brewery manager at Samuel Adams Brewing. Thank you so much. If folks want to check out more about your brews and get information to come visit you, where should they go? They can go to our website, samueladams.com. And I would love to encourage everybody to get up to Boston and come visit us at the brewery. We have brewery tours uh, Monday through Saturday, and we always have a lot of our R&B, R&B beers on draft. So Ooh. you'll taste something that's not yet available or who knows, may never be available. Maybe we just made it for ourselves here. You never know. Oh, that's great. Well, happy St. Patrick's Day to you tomorrow. And thank you for being on The Sipping Point. Thank you. Take care. Cheers. Discover the recipe for a delicious life each week on The Sipping Point with Lori Forster, the wine coach, each week, Saturdays at noon on WBAL 1090 AM or at WBAL.com. You're listening to The Sipping Point, and I'm Lori Forster, the wine coach. We've come to my favorite segment, the Wine Sandwich of the Week, which is where we sandwich great food in between sips of wine or beer since St. Patrick's Day is tomorrow. And with me on the line, straight from Ireland, I have Chef Paul Flynn, who is the owner of Tannery Restaurant, and that's in Dungarvan, which is in the Waterford County of Southeast Ireland. And he is regarded as one of the Ireland's leading restaurateurs. It opened his restaurant in 1997 with his family. It's a boutique style, and they also have rooms in a townhouse located nearby. Your cookery school is also being featured as one of the top ones in all of Ireland. I am so honored, Chef Paul Flynn, to have you on the line. Well, Laurie, you made me sound really good. Oh, you are, you are. And and you, your accent is just getting me in the mood for St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the philosophy of the tannery for folks who are co- going to Ireland. What is your specialty? Uh, you, you know, I find it really difficult to answer that because I, I worked in London for 10 years and restaurants in Dublin for more years. And then Dungarvan is my hometown and I moved home. 15 years ago now, and I wanted to set up something special that was really true to my heart. And, and between, you know, the restaurant and the rooms and the cookery school, it, 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 I, I really want to promote Irish food. And, mm-hmm. and we have the best products and the produce in the whole wide world, I think. I know I'm biased. Sure. I love taking the traditional food that we cooked and ate as children, and I suppose refining it a little bit without making it too fancy. 
and and uh, but certainly the ethos that I have is just you know I look at burly vegetables and I have soft focus on them and I always want to make them something uh, more than what they seem to be mm-hmm. and the same with lesser cuts of meat I cut with I, I cook with you know a lot of pork and a lot of uh, I just try to make my own cooking interesting so I can stay interested in it myself because I've been cooking for 30 years and you need something, you need to be doing something new all the time to keep mm-hmm. yourself interested, really. I agree. And uh, we have a term in the U.S. called New American, so American food with influences. So maybe you've taken some of the influence of your work in London and otherwise and put that into your Irish traditional fare. Well, I think what we have is that o- over the last 20 years, we always had the produce, but what we now have is the skill. We have people that, chefs and cooks, that trained in the UK and in Europe and in America, and then they came home, and they apply this, this wonderful skill to, to the projects that we have. And I suppose it's, it's to establish and, and, and get a stronger identity of Ireland as a real food nation is what, what we want to do, because I suppose really in the past we didn't have that. Uh, going back to the projects, everybody knows we've got fantastic dairy and cheeses and meat and all that. But mm-hmm. really, what you do with it afterwards is, is, is the really important thing. Well, you know, we have St. Patrick's Day tomorrow everywhere, I guess. But in the U.S., we like to celebrate with <laughs> a lot of beer and, and parades and things like this. But if yeah. folks want to incorporate some traditional... Irish fair or traditions that one might um, have if you lived in Ireland, how can we do that? How, we can, how can we bring more Ireland into our celebration? Well, I think if there's any meat or dish to cook on, on, uh, on St. Paddy's Day is, is with pork, bacon in particular, but I love cooking with pork. And I've given you a recipe there, a slow-cooked pork, pork shoulder with pears and cloves. And I love, I love deep flavors and slow cooking because I think food and the appreciation of food is all about the weather in one way you know mm-hmm. you don't want to eat something that's that's really heavy to eat on on a hot summer's day you want something that's going to be appropriate to the time of year and that's i think irish food is really hearty because traditionally you know people used to work a lot outdoors that's changed in in many ways mm-hmm. but i i think it's it's more refined now but i think if you go back to the pig the pig is something that we always used and always made the most of and we we really really appreciate and I think it's synonymous with, with, with Irish food, bacon in particular. Well, I appreciate you sharing that recipe with folks. Is that, um, I'm going to put that online so everybody can have yeah. access to that. Is this something that you want to start a day ahead? No, not necessarily a day ahead, although I love that kind of cooking. Um, yeah, I, I love slow cooking, just one pot where everything just goes in and all the flavors just come together. Mm-hmm. And it's actually easy cooking as well. This is a nice thing because I suppose... You know, training in fancy restaurants and uh, people are afraid and they don't want to cook like that at home. They want simple food that they can really appreciate with deep flavors. And that's, right. that's what I try to do. We, we, we have this school and we're the number one cookery school in Ireland for the last three years. And it's small and it's beautiful. And I, I try to demystify cooking uh, for people because you don't want, it's not about showing off if you're a chef, if you're a mm-hmm. teacher. You want to show people that they can do it and you want to give them the confidence to go away and try it at home and give it to their families. I love it. And so what would we best pair with your uh, pork shoulder recipe? What's the best pairing in your estimate? Beer? Oh, or I, think, I think beer. I think stout. Uh, oh, the, nice. the lovely thing about Ireland now is that, is that microbreweries, I mean, people are familiar with Guinness and mm-hmm. the, the, the more well-known brands of beer, but there's microbreweries popping up everywhere. And it's I, 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 and half the time it's because people might have lost their jobs or something like that, and they're looking for something else to do. But mm-hmm. it's really become an inventive 
uh, I suppose, society. And, and, and these little breweries all over the place are coming up with fantastic little beers. And also, I think, giving, you know, we have our own Dungarvan brew as well. And it's just, I use that as much as possible because I think it's important to be proud of where you're from and to use the produce from around where you're from as well and introduce people to these new products. Great. Now, are there any other traditions just in general that you guys in Ireland might observe that we don't know about here in the U.S. for St. Patrick's Day? Well, I, I, look, we, we, the food and the beer is important, but music is hugely important to Irish people too. Ah. And, and in, in Dublin, you know, for the last few years, we would, there used to be a more traditional parade, I suppose. But I think people are, are very much embracing the arts and, again, bringing the sort of artistic nature out of people. So the combination of music and, and theatre is very important to us as well, as, as is literature. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then food and beer—it's it's really a celebration. But I suppose Paddy's Day is, is nearly—it's not just about the day anymore. It's almost uh, about the week, and we send off ambassadors all over the world and show people the good—the good part of Ireland because it's been difficult here for the last five years. Mm. And uh, you know, we want to—I suppose—just show people that we have the confidence to rebuild and to be strong again, and and that's how we all feel. Well, great. Chef Paul Flynn from the Tannery Restaurant. I know we've got all kinds of time differences here, and I so appreciate you making yourself available. And just listening to you has me in the mood for tomorrow. If folks want to find out more about the Tannery Restaurant and your cookery school, can you give out the web address, please? Yeah, absolutely. It's www.tannery.ie. And we're in the sunny southeast. It only rains for about 200 days a year here. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope to, I get to come see you soon. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Laurie. Appreciate it. Bye. Cheers.